Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. The first thing you get when you get back into your workflow is a little bit of Eric Kane, a little bit of Boogie Bentley. Boogie joins me here for the show. We're going to talk Tennessee Transfer Portal, signing day recap, and a uh, complete overhaul in the defensive back room. Is it going to be better for Tennessee? I think it will. All that and more coming up right now on Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Again, Merry Christmas. Appreciate you guys for jumping back into the show with us. Hope that you had a very, very Merry Christmas and uh, the final week of the 2023 calendar year. It starts right now. All right, so as I said in the cold open, we got Boogie Bentley here. We're going to talk about loads of things here on this episode of Locked On Balls. I do want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Go ahead and get started today. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, Boogie, um, first of all, how was your Christmas? I would imagine it was it was fun with the family and uh, getting to spend some time. Yeah, a little bit of time off of work, but not not a whole lot. Yeah, we don't take days off around here, although we do take days off occasionally, man. Uh Christmas is good, man. I, I like to sit down and watch Christmas Vacation. That's a tradition. What a great movie. You know, Thanksgiving, you put me on blast because I had chicken. I had roasted chicken yeah. for Thanksgiving. Is biscuits yeah. and gravy, is breakfast food, is that acceptable for Christmas? Or do you have yeah. to go prime rib or ham or something like that? No, I mean, for, for breakfast food, I mean, biscuits and gravy is always acceptable. doesn't matter what day of the year it is. That's the way to go. That's what we you know, did, like, biscuits like, and gravy. I was talking to my mom heading into Christmas weekend because I spent – I spent Saturday with my with my parents. Sunday we went and saw my wife's dad. Christmas Day on Monday we spent with my wife's mom, and then you know today I'm heading down to Orlando, so it's been kind of action packed here. But I was I was talking to my mom heading into the weekend. She's like, "Yeah, we're gonna have this casserole and this casserole and this casserole." I'm like, "Is it just casserole day? I mean, that's what holidays are. If it was like yeah. on Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, with the turkey and on the chicken, but." Just tons of casseroles, but hey, sign me up for it. I, I like casseroles, so. Yeah, I'll eat anything. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, let's talk about these portal additions, man. It was uh, Thursday night. Chris Brazel went ahead and popped, and you know he had been trending to Tennessee. It was Tennessee. It was Colorado. Tennessee held off Colorado. Um, he had informed you know, other programs, Colorado, Washington, that he was going to go to Tennessee, and ultimately made his call on Thursday night, and I think this is a huge get for Tennessee. Obviously, playmaker, uh, Tulane, had like five touchdowns, 700 receiving yards, all that. As a true freshman, he's got three years of eligibility remaining. He'll have to come in and prove it, don't get me wrong, but number one priority was tight end. You got your tight end. This is kind of that big fish, if you will, of the class, and I think he's going to make some plays in this offense. Yeah, I like it. I'm trying to be cautious, trying to be cautious, because we all got excited last year about Dante Thornton. Yep. And, you know, we've talked about it. He was starting to come on before, you know, the injury towards the end of the year. I like what I like about Chris Brazel. I like his, you know, you, you see 6'5", you think, oh, you know, 50-50 ball guy, right? Red zone threat. That when you watch his tape from this past season, all five touchdowns, he's doing something different. Whether it's going across the middle, he does have a nice 50-50 ball where he goes up and makes a play. I think he can do a lot, but of course the size is what jumps off the page at you. Tennessee wanted to add an outside wide receiver with size. I don't think they get much bigger than 6'5". Uh, question, question. Of course, yeah. we're pre-recording this. Evan Stewart, Texas A&M. Tennessee trying to get him on campus in January. Think there's any any real steam there? Would you add 
another wide receiver. And I know I'm not burying the lead where we're going here. We're going to talk about the secondary and the needs that they have yeah. in that secondary for next season. Would you spend a portal spot on a guy like Evan Stewart, number two ranked player in the portal? This offense can be hard to stop if you added him to it as well. You know, if 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 he wanted to come and he agreed and everything was ready to go, I mean, if I'm Tennessee, I'm taking him for sure. And I understand that kind of creates some problems, even without the possibility of Evan Stewart right now. You're sitting here thinking, well, Brew comes back, then that's one side. He got Brad's on the other. Where's Thornton going to be? Squirrel's going to be in the slot. What about Chaz Nimrod? He he came along. He deserves to play. You're already kind of running into a numbers thing, and we know typically this offense only plays three receivers. This past year, that kind of forced the hand because of injuries and all that. But nonetheless, um, if you if he wants to come, you take him, in my opinion. Now, as I just did, you look at that room. If I'm Evan Seward, I'm sitting here saying, okay, well, Brew, you know, Brew might be coming back. Thornton's still there. They just got Brazel. You got Squirrel. Caleb Wood and Chaz Nimrod played a lot last year. You know, do I want to go there where it's kind of crowded? Where I probably would still play, but where it's kind of crowded, or do I want to go somewhere else? I think those are the the questions that you know Stewart's got to ask himself. But I mean, if he wants to come, you take him because, as you mentioned, defensive back. I mean, Tennessee's down to having no corners right now, and really at wide receiver this past year, Tennessee was down to an injury away from probably playing Jack Jancic and you know out there at wide receiver because they didn't have a whole lot of bodies. So if I'm coaching staff, I'm taking them for sure. Um, but I just I, at this point, and again pre-recording, I don't think that's going to happen. But we'll see if he gets if he uh, comes and visits on uh, on campus in January, then it's it's very real. So many conversations about young guys, right? Man, the VolQuest theme, talking about playing young guys on defense. People are getting tired of y'all talking about it, but it's the reality of college football in 2023. You ha- Roster management, like, uh, again, yeah. I'm not, not burying the lead. We're going to talk about this class of 24 coming up in just a little bit. Pe- people want to talk about how it's not good enough. You know, there, there is a bigger picture here for Tennessee football, for Josh Heupel, than just a class of 24. It's roster management. To me, bringing back your offensive line, bringing back most of your defensive line, that was more important than going out and getting some of these guys in the class of 24. Now, I get it. It's a balance, but the bottom line is, you said it, you get Evan Stewart, you take Evan Stewart, and you let the chips fall where they may. If, if somebody doesn't like it and they transfer out, so be it. You got you to gotta get talent. When you got a guy like Evan Stewart, you get him on campus, you sign him, you let him go play, and if somebody transfers, then you know, so be it. So be it. Let's, let's talk in hypotheticals here. Stewart's not a part of this mix right now. Um, I asked uh, Austin Price on the VolQuest podcast today the same question. Um, and knowing that Brazel's got to come in, he's got to, I mean, again, he, he balled out and I think that it's going to translate, but he did do it at Tulane. I mean, this is obviously a different stage. He hasn't practiced one time with Tennessee yet. Um, but having said all that, let's do what we do and let's forecast kind of who's that odd man out say Bruce back in the rotation as well. I mean, who are your three receivers and, and kind of how do you evaluate that position group moving forward? Because it, it's a good thing, but you do have a lot of experience now all of a sudden and un. Only three spots. And you're adding two studs as true freshmen, right? Yes. With Mike Matthews and Braylon Staley. And I'm not expecting that they come in and they make a splash right out of the gate. But when you look at the overall picture, you're talking about a kid with three years of eligibility here that you just added. You know, the big question about Brew is if he does come back, is he the same guy? And I hate to say that. You know, you know. hopefully he is. Hopefully he comes back and he, heal, uh, he heals up and he's healthy and he's the same player that he was before the injury. But that's the number one question for me. And then on the opposite side, I think Brazel's going to be the guy that takes that opposite outside spot. I agree. How does Dante Thornton feel about that? I transferred in. They played me at slot. Didn't really 
you know, come through or translate to, to anything on the field. You move me to the outside. I get comfortable. I start to show you what I can do. And then you bring in a guy from Tulane that's going to start over top of me. You know, somebody is going to not like it. Somebody's going to be in the portal next year. Is that Chaz Nimrod? Is it Caleb Webb? I feel like they're two young guys with talent. But I think there's more talent there. I, I just you're going to lose somebody, and it's again, it's the conversation of college football in 2023. Why didn't Tennessee add a backup quarterback in the portal? Because who wants to come sit behind Nico when you got Jake Merklinger waiting to take over? It's impossible yeah. to have three legitimate scholarship quarterbacks in college football this time. And of everybody year. on the GQ says, "But Ole Miss, Caner, but Ole Miss, but Ole Miss, but Ole Miss did it." Yes, I recognize that. That is the outlier. Okay, that doesn't happen. And I promise you, Spencer Sanders did not come in to be the backup quarterback to Jackson Dart. That was not the case. If Tennessee were to get a transfer portal quarterback right now, he would be coming in to not compete. And I hear you. I'm old school football as well. Whatever happened to compete, and I get it. But the fact of the matter is, if Tennessee were to get a transfer quarter, transfer portal quarterback right now, they would be coming in to back up Nico. That would be their job from day one. They would know it. So who wants to come in and do that? You know what I'm saying? Or or even be, be, be in a competition for the backup to Nico with Jake Merkler. You know what I'm saying? So the outlier is Ole Miss. I recognize that. But Spencer Sanders did not come in to back up Jackson Dart. He came in to compete. He lost the job. And it, it is what it is now. Yeah, I think Tennessee's lucky. They're blessed to have Gaston Moore. I think he is the perfect yeah. fit to be kind of that middle guy, you know, this past year to have Nico that full year to develop and grow. You had Joe as your starter. You had, you know, and I know Nico was QB2 this year, but you had him there, right? And the same mm -hmm. thing for next season. If he, I'm assuming he's going to be back. Uh, you're going to have Nico starting, and then you've got time to let Jake Merklinger truly develop into QB2. Uh, but, man, I, I like, I love me some Jake Merklinger. I like that competitive fire. You know, who wants to come to Tennessee when Nico's the quarterback? Jake Merklinger says, I'll come compete. I don't freaking care. I'm a competitor. I'm a fighter. Sign me up. So I'm excited about that kid. You know, we'll talk about the signing class in segment three, but I mean, I've done signing day stuff all week long, and Jake Mer Merklinger's name is never one of the first mentioned. And, it, you know, it's quarterback of the class, and he's a good player. I mean, you look across the recruiting services, he's a top 10 quarterback wherever you look. Um, he plays competitive high school football in the state of Georgia. He's a really, really good player. So I think, uh, I think Tennessee, he was their pick in this class, and they went all in on him, and they got him. And so, um, and, and again, you know, they're, they picked out George McIntyre. They're going to go all in from him, and we'll see if he picks Tennessee over Alabama in January when he's likely to make a decision. So it's uh, it's always evolving, always moving. That's recruiting and roster management uh, here in college football. We'll come back. Speaking on that note, defensive back room. <laughs> Who's going to play defensive back in the ballgame, and what's that room going to look like in 2024? That and a whole lot more coming up next right here on Locked On Vols as we continue on here on this show after Christmas, December the 26th. Do you want to say about our friends over at eBay Motors? Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive today. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and leveled up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money's back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy uh, to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay Motors guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. 
All right, welcome back in here to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Vols. Again, I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining your for starting your work week, the final week of the 2023 calendar year here with us on Locked On Vols and making this your first listen. So, got Boogie Bentley from Talking Vols here today. Let's talk the defensive backfield. First and foremost, how excited are you to see truly a lot of these young guys? Jalen McCullough is going to play in the bowl game. Gabe Judy Lolly is going to play in the bowl game. But you're going to see a lot of Gibson. You're going to see a lot of Thomas. Going to see uh, Turrenton some more. Hopefully you'll see some John Slaughter. Going to see a lot of those youth, the Volkless theme. Yeah, youth in the secondary. How excited are you to see that in the uh, Citrus Bowl? I'm ready, man. I'm, I'm ready to see a changing of the guard, so to speak. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Uh, these guys that we spend all year complaining about and saying they – I say we. I'm lumping this. All, all of us Tennessee fans into a pot together. We complain about them. They're not good enough. They're too slow. Not enough athletes in the back. Guess what? They hit the transfer portal. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's saying, why are they leaving? Where are you yeah. going? You're not a ball for life. Look, yep. I think I, – man, I said it this week on my show, 2024. I think it is crunch time for Josh Eiple. I think it may be the defining season of whether Josh Eiple is going to really be that dude at Tennessee or, or not. And, and we're going to find out. And I think, you know, there's a little narrative floating around on the radio from a certain person that, that said – Tennessee didn't capitalize on the class of twenty in, in 22 when they won 11 games. They didn't do enough in recruiting. But I, I argue that by saying there was a kind of an NCAA investigation going on that was impacting the recruiting, the negative recruiting. And, and so I think next year is is huge for Tennessee. It's it's time to, to wipe the slate clean. You know, the passing defense was horrible last year. Tenth in the SEC, I think 80th, something like that, in, in the country. And it was, it was significantly improved from 2022. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference between 2022 to 2023, I said I think that they can take another step. And people are saying, Boogie, why do you think that? Why do you think that? It's the same dudes. And I said, yeah, it's the same dudes, and hopefully they develop and they grow and they get better and they improve. Guess what? Didn't really improve that much. Wipe the slate clean. Let's get some Ricky Gibson out there. Let's see what Jordan Matthews looks like in 2024. Can Christian Conyer do something? Uh, there's a certain freshman coming in by the name of Boo Carter. Is he impressing people in bowl practice already? That's the word on the street. Can he come in and start as a true freshman? I don't know. I'm excited about the McCoy transfer from Oregon State. The kid from MTSU, I'm not ready to push the chips in yet. I got to see it to believe it. Guess what? I said the same thing about McCallum Castles. He made me look like a fool. I will gladly be a fool if, if Jacoby Thomas is that guy. Bowl game's going to be interesting, though, man. They're, they're going to be depleted. Look, you had Will Brooks out there, a walk-on, out there at Star against Vanderbilt. Now how many guys have transferred out since then? Seven? It's going to be a skeleton crew. But guess what? I was not very good on offense. I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, so Tennessee now has 11 players who left for the tra- – or I guess 10 players who left for the transfer portal. Seven from the defensive backfield. Um, with with Wesley Walker going in on uh, on Friday, and um, so yeah, I mean, you look Kamal Haddon, Despite what he's tweeting, he does not have any eligibility Gosh. left. Trust me, we all went and triple and, and quadruple checked when he was tweeting all that, and everybody at UT is like, no, he has no eligibility. <laughs> but I mean, we could wish, right? Because he was playing so well. But Kamal Haddon's out. Slaughter transfer. Gabe Judy Lolly, I believe, is gonna not be on this team next year. Gonna go ahead and you know, try the NFL or, or whatever. Um, Warren Burrell gone, Brandon Turnage gone, you know, even Deshaun Rucker's gone at safety. Wesley Walker's gone, McCullough graduating, um, Jack Luttrell gone at star, Tamari McDonald gone. I mean, it's truly a complete reset. So for me, it's like there's a lot of opportunity. I'm excited. We've seen Tennessee's defensive backfield be a weakness the last you know couple of years, even though statistically they've gotten better, but it's been a weakness. 
I'm just excited to see new personnel, you know, quicker athleticism. If not, then it truly is coaching. Maybe it's a little bit of coaching and players. I mean, it's always a little bit of everything, but um, I'm just excited to see an influx of uh, just new guys. But I think it helps an awful lot that you're bringing back a veteran front seven. Still got James Pierce. Still got all those guys minus, uh, minus Tyler Barron. You get Keenan Peely back in the middle to go along with a, a nice little group of young linebackers you lot. And those front seven guys are only going to help the safety because they're only going to help the secondary because they're experienced. What do you think Heupel's game plan is? I think everything he does is calculated, obviously. And we can't see behind the curtain. We don't know what their plan is. But you got seven guys on the way out the door. You've added a corner and a safety. Do you think – are there some more targets out there that maybe we're not aware of? Are they banking on some of this young talent, you know, the three corners that, that I mentioned that are going to be going into their second season at Tennessee? Or do you think, you know, they're going to be looking in the spring? And I know that they're going to – every guy that enters the portal they're going to take a look at. But to me, I feel like the fall is when the big guys are there. And then the spring is kind of guys that, that can't cut it, right? They know they've been, they've been passed by on the depth chart, so they're looking to move somewhere else where they can play. I don't think you're going to get a guy like Jermod McCoy in the spring cycle. Maybe you do. I mean, Tennessee added some pretty, pretty big targets last year in, the, in the, the portal after the fall. Yeah. You know, we'll see what A.J. Harris does. Does A.J. Harris, the cornerback from Georgia, does he, he's a young guy, does he visit in January? I think that'd be a name to kind of watch. Um, but honestly, I don't think that they're going to be adding much more in the defensive backfield, right? I mean, you want you want Gibson and, and Matthews and some of these young quarterbacks to play. You want John Slaughter to play at safety. I mean, at least that's what they're saying. So you got to bring in some bodies to compete. You got to bring in some bodies for death purposes. And uh, again, I think McCoy's I think McCoy's going to be a starter. I, I like McCoy, you know, from mm-hmm. Oregon State. I think he's going to be a player. But even if he's not, he's a great depth, depth piece. You know, Jacoby Thomas. I'm like you. No, we'll see. Do I envision him starting next year? Right now, no. But I've never seen him practice. I've never heard the coaches talk about him and evaluate him after practice. Even if he's not starting, he's a guy that you need in the room just because of depth purposes. So, no, we'll see. But, I mean, A.J. Harris is a name to look forward to. And and then after spring practice, when that window opens back up, like you said, once they've seen, they've evaluated, say, okay, well, we have a need right now. Let's go get a body. You know, maybe maybe that I'll turn out to go and get another defensive back. So, we'll see what happens. But, um. I'm excited about it, man. I mean, I I liked Tamari McDonald. I thought he was a great story. Um, I liked um, Danico Slaughter. I don't think Danico Slaughter was ever healthy this year at all. His foot bothered him all year long, but I thought he was a player. I was happy to see Brandon Turnage and Warren Burrell and Deshaun Rucker go just to just see if they could play somewhere. But, I mean, the, the ones that left, like the Slaughter and McDonald, it's like, okay, well, these guys have made some plays for you, but probably going looking for a new opportunity and maybe name image likeness as well. But either way, I just think it's good to see a fresh batch of players back there. It's a great opportunity for Tennessee. Yeah, I'm right there with like McDonald, man. That's that's one. Most of the guys, I'm like, all right, let's move on, right? Like you said, Warren Burrell. Brandon Turnage is a guy that, man, I just keep on. That's a guy I just kept waiting, kept waiting for him to come out and do something. And I'd say, I bring up the same game every time I talk about the kid. But when Theo Jackson got hurt and he stepped right in at the start and he was the defensive player of the week that week. And then he never mm-hmm. did anything at Tennessee again after that week. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, re- I'm ready for a youth movement and, and let, let's ride with some of these young guys. We know they've got the athleticism. they got the skill. Something I like about the guys they have targeted, 
targeted in the portal, they're playmakers, right? It's They go make plays. There's a difference between being in coverage and breaking up a pass, and that's something that you see with a lot of these guys like McCoy, like Thomas. They break up passes. I like to see that. Uh, let's make some plays on the back end. Let's let's lock up. I think this Tim Bank defense thrives when you play man-press coverage and, and yeah. get after the quarterback. And let, let's see if, if some changes in the secondary allows them to do that. I, then, then, yeah. then we can criticize Tim Banks. And, and let's not remit, let's not forget here your your secondary is only as good as your as your front. And when Tennessee was getting after the quarterback and making things making things difficult early in the season, that secondary wasn't that bad, right? I mean, it really wasn't when you think about it. When you're not getting to the quarterback with your front four, it makes it harder and more difficult for guys in the secondary. And um, you know, Tennessee has to take more chances and running more zero coverage, man coverage and bringing guys from the second, third layer. Hey, when we come back, we'll take a look at the signing class for Tennessee last week, class of 2024. I want to hear some of Boogie's favorites in that class. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Vols. All right, final segment here on this Tuesday show, and we are just a couple of days away. I, I meant to say this last segment, but on that secondary, a couple of days away from playing Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, what a great first game for the Ricky Gibsons and you know, John Slaughter, if you get back there, and Jordan Matthews, because Deacon Hill is, and he'll look like an All-American maybe against Tennessee. He is not a good quarterback. That offense is not very good. The passing attack is not a threat. It's a good first game for some young defensive backs to maybe kind of work them work their way in. Yeah, I mean, they're dead last across the board in almost everything. Total offense, passing, they're terrible. Their offense is terrible. They do play good defense, though, so we'll see what this Tennessee offense does. I want to see Joe Milton go out on a high note. I know there's all the speculation. Is he going to opt out? And I, I, I love watching the conversations on the GQ. Well, if he's going to opt out, why would you say anything? Just let him prepare for him and then roll Nico out. Joe's going to play. You keep teasing me. Other people keep teasing me. Hold on. Wait and see. And I'm like, really? Is Nico going to play? Now you're raising eyebrows at me. Now you got me thinking something else. You got me derailed here. I have thought this entire process that Joe is going to play. And again, we're we're getting ahead of the week. I'm right now when you're watching the show, I'm in the car going to Orlando. I mean, we're <laughs> we're working a couple of days ahead here at the holiday season to to get the work out there. So at the time of this recording, I still think Joe Milton's going to play. Um my opinion, why would you be going through practice the last 2 right. weeks if you're not going to play, you know? But from things I'm hearing and people I've talked to, again, I will not be shocked whatsoever if Joe Milton ends up not playing in this game and it truly is the Nico show. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it won't shock me. I think that there's still a lot of dialogue going all along with Joe Milton and his camp and coaches about kind of what the, the, the best move for him would be because I mean, he's about to go throughout the draft process and Reese's Senior Bowl and all that. So, no, we'll see what happens. I think it'd be super exciting, obviously. Uh, from a numbers perspective, you you and I would love that for sure, but We'll see. At the time of this recording, I still think Joe Milton's going to be the quarterback in this bowl game, but uh, we will see. I won't be shocked. Um, signing day, man. So talking about some of the, the defensive backfield and how they have a numbers crunch, if you will, because of all the departures. You know, Caleb Beasley is going to be in that rotation, I feel like. I mean, at cornerback. Boo Carter, you know, how quickly can he see, he see the field at star or, or a safety? Uh, you know, Adriz Farouk, you know, Marcus Gorey. Some of those young defensive backs, uh, a part of this class of 2024. What did you make of this class, obviously? Um, you know, for me, it was a lot of momentum in spring and summer. Y you didn't finish the way you need to. This this staff is not like it can't recruit, but there's so much room for improvement, and it could be so much better. But 
I mean, overall, there's a lot of pieces in this class that I like, man. I think that there's a couple of players that are really going to turn into something. And I think there's a couple of project players that down the line, if they stay patient, don't leave and develop and all that, I think could end up being players like Jesse Perry, you know, Carson Gentle. Um, my favorite, Jeremiah's Hurd, I think is going to be a stud in 2026, wherever he's playing. Hopefully it's in Tennessee. Uh, there's a lot about this class that I like. What do you like about this class? Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you. It's easy to sit back from a numbers game and go 13th in the country, 8th in the conference is not good enough, and then just yep. go, you know, run with that negative narrative. But, you know, one thing that I've talked about a lot with this class is the percentage of blue-chip prospects, right? You don't have to sign a ton of guys. you got guys that can contribute, guys that are blue-chippers. I'm with you. I like this class. I like a lot of the players in this class. I think there's a lot of guys here. You know, Gage Ginther is a guy that when he committed, everybody's saying he's underrated, and as the season continues to play out, you see him play as a senior. Number one player out of the state of Colorado. He's a guy, you know, that everybody was excited about. I think Glenn Ellerby, you, you got to give him some praise for this class of 24. You know, Gage Ginther, if your evaluation's right, that's a good prospect. And then you add two guys on the inside in Satterwhite and Anderson. And then, oh boy, the wild card Bennett Warren coming in at that offensive tackle position. That was a big one. Guys that excite me, of course, you mentioned Boo Carter. Obviously, I, seeing Marcus Gorey in person, seeing him play, he's going to be a special player. His yeah. length it doesn't look real. Like he 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 has some serious length on him. Be interesting to see what they do with him. Is it corner? Is it safety? Watching him play corner down there at Bradley. Oh man, he is a he can play the run. He can play the pass. So he excites me. Braylon Staley. I can run every player of the. I just like this class. Peyton Lewis at running back. He's got speed. A lot mm -hmm. of speed. A lot of athleticism in this class. I think for some people. You know, you look, you missed out on Kai Bates. What if you, what if you got Kai Bates? What if you got Cam Michael? You know, what if you got some of these, just a, just a couple of more prospects down the stretch, and you're going from a class that I'm excited about to, all right, now we're looking top five class. You know, yeah. and I, I think, I don't. It's so hard to talk about and speculate because what is it? Is it NIL? Do people come here and show interest in Tennessee and then they, they end up always the bridesmaid, never the bride? Is it is it a bidding war? You know, and it's easy, man. It's so easy to jump on the internet, go on Facebook, jump on a message board. I, they, get, they got paid more. You don't know that. We never truly know. So can this staff not closed? Are they being used for NIL? Or do they look at the grand scheme of things and say, we got X amount of money, we got to spend it here, let's bring our offensive line back, let's bring our defensive line back, let's add some portal pieces, and let's freaking go out and win an SEC championship in 2024. I think, again, there's a big difference between recruiting and roster management. It's a different game in 2023. You know, I'm a, I'm not a football coach, and, and I think Coach Floyd down there at Bradley Central did, did pretty well without me, you know, giving my opinions. But like, you know, we had Bradley Central a couple times this year on Robbery Thursday, and I'm like, why is Marcus Gorey not playing offense? Like, when you have a SEC Power 5 Division One athlete, like, you play them all the time. So, same thing with, like, Clinton High School, Demond Marble, who's going and, and playing for Purdue as a, like, like, as a defensive back. You know, it took them half the year for them to start throwing on the football on offense. It's like, hey, Power 5 player, get them the football. You know, play them wherever in, at this high school level, but... Uh, I wanted to see Marcus Gorey. Marcus Gorey, I, I think I texted you or maybe I told you the next week. Man, he was on kickoff team for Bradley Central, and he was he was incredible. And I'm like, man, I'm going to see that. I mean, that's going to be, you know, he's going to be doing that for Tennessee next year. He'll definitely be on the kickoff team and special teams contributor early and all that. So I like all that. And, and then to, to your point about, you know, what is it? Is it truly a bidding war every time? I think it's been pretty well documented that, um, you know, with the Jordan Seaton case, mm -hmm. that he turned down significant money to not not to not pick Tennessee. So, like, you're right. No one ever knows what it truly is. Every single prospect is different. So, 
it's easy to say, oh, well, you're not willing to pay. You ain't got no money, broke, all this type of stuff. It's truly different for everyone. And plus, like the whole Juice Wells thing, we've talked about this. Like, I would love to have Juice Wells. I'd love to cover this team with Juice Wells. But if Juice Wells is coming in saying, I want this amount of money, Tennessee's like, good luck, man. We're, we are not going to, we're not going to make that much of an investment in a wide receiver who's going to be here one year. It just doesn't make business sense. So, again, I just think everything's different. Yeah. And, and you see people talk about, again, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin wants to win. He's spending all this money, and we praise Heupel and the culture, right? We talk about, oh, the culture and how he's changed everything at Tennessee. We had Jamal Wallace on the show uh, last week. He came on for about 30 minutes. Hearing him talk about the culture, hearing Jamal McCoy talk about sitting down to eat on a visit, he didn't even know Heupel was the head coach. And Heupel <laughs> sits down, and he's like, man, this, you know, just, just cool dude. He's like, that, that the culture is different, and, and we can praise that and sing those songs and dances, and then we get mad if he doesn't offer every guy that enters the portal that has five stars beside their name. You know, yeah. and it's I know it's cliche. you got to trust the coaching staff. You do got to trust the coaching staff, right? Ultimately, he's the one that's going to make the decisions, and I think he's doing a pretty dang good job through three seasons at Tennessee. Give me a sleeper. I'll give you mine. I've been saying it uh, a couple of shows last week. My audience is probably tired of hearing it. Sleeper for me in this class and no one's talking about who I think is going to be a stud. Kellen Lindstrom from Missouri. Already good size. Six foot six, two forty. He'll play that, you know, that Tyler Barron defensive end role in this offense, in my opinion. He's listed as an edge. I don't think he's going to be a Leo. Really, really good run stopper, good at taking on blocks. I think Kellen Lindstrom is going to be a sleeper for me. I bet I can guess your sleeper because I know you like this guy. Let me see if I'm right though. Who's your sleeper? I don't know. I don't <laughs> You're putting me on the spot. I've already praised my sleeper. Like if you can go, if you can go Lindstrom, then I can, I can, I can go with the guy that I've been praising the whole time. Look, you go watch Bradley Central play. Who are you going to leave talking about? Who, who's everybody Who? leaving talking about? Yeah, Who? I left going. Marcus Gorey is a freaking yeah. stud, man. That's my guy. And look, Boo was electric. I mean, he was so good. He has a nose for the football on defense. If he's got the ball in his hands, he's electric. Somebody asked me at a high school basketball game last night. They said, you think Boo can start as a freshman? I was like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see. He's going to you know, be on I keep the answering that question. I say, yeah, punt returner. He'll start, yeah, I promise. exactly. <laughs> I, and I didn't say that last night. I'm like, yeah, he's going to be the returner and because he is so electric. He can score anytime he's got the football in his hands. He's a stud. But Marcus Gorey is a gamer, man. I love – physicality you know we, we talk about the corner position and man get up in somebody's face get them off their route be physical he's that dude he is that dude needs to put on some weight obviously uh but you know if you can go lindstrom gory technically ranked uh rated a little bit lower than lindstrom so i'm going with marcus gory for my that's my a good one up. yeah i thought and, and again this one i don't even really think we can classify as a sleeper because he's highly rated i mean but like in terms of this class i guess just someone nobody's talking about if you're talking wide receiver, you're talking Mike Matthews, five star. But the other wide receiver in this class, who, by the way, has got a you know an industry ranking of 114th, which is a pretty good player, Braylon Staley. I think he's going to be a good player for sure. The top prospect or one of the top prospects from the state of South Carolina. You know, me and Matt Ray did trail tidbits throughout the throughout the football season every single week at VolQuest, and you know we would get his stats every week. And I mean, the dude's just putting up numbers every single week, man. And um, I like his ability to play both the slot and the outside. I think Mike Matthews is going to be a slot. I think Staley could be more of outside. But nonetheless, Staley was who I thought you'd go with because I know that you've had – I believe you had his dad on your show, right? He, his dad's usually in the chat. Braylon, Braylon okay. came on when he committed and did okay. an interview with us. Good kid, good family. Again, we talk about culture. 
Braylon Staley, he fits the culture, man. Uh, his dad's a good dude. I love his – you see his dad tweeted out where Tennessee put the billboard up in South yeah. Carolina. I love yeah. it, man. I love it. He, he's a ball. He is ready to go. Like you said, you know, you look up his stats. I just signed on to Twitter, and it's it's a highlight reel. Every yep. single Saturday morning when you wake up after his game on Friday night. Well, technically you can't sign on Twitter right now, or at I the time of this recording you can't. So Some dude in North Carolina can. <laughs> probably tweeting stuff out saying, go Tar Heels, who knows. I don't know. Maybe it's yep. one of those Colorado fans. They're chasing me around the internet and they just yell sco buffs and i'm like what 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 does sco buffs even mean i've never seen a team a, a group of fans well they're not fans they don't they don't even know who coached colorado prior to Deion sanders but they <laughs> yell sco buffs they talk about winning championships they went four and eight and their recruiting class is like 50th in the country get a life man you know how much i hate georgia fans i think colorado fans may possibly be worse all right that's my post christmas rant i'm gonna be a better person in 2024 Time of this recording, at the time of this recording, Jordan Seaton still is not signed on the, on that Friday afternoon. So, um, at the time of this recording, five players is all that Dion signed for his class of twenty twenty four recruiting class. I mean, how is that even possible? Makes hey, no gonna, sense. They're going to win a championship, though. Apparently, apparently. <laughs> makes no sense. I all right, Boogie, where Colorado's uh, at on the map. They can't tell me, Kaner. They can't tell me. <laughs> What's uh, what's coming up this week uh, with you guys over at Talking Vault? I know you're having some issues at the time with uh, some social media, but you guys are still going live on YouTube and uh, getting ready for the Citrus Bowl, I guess. Yeah, we're going to be live Wednesday night. This is coming up on Tuesday. We'll be live Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're supposed to have Bennett Warren, a uh, four-star offensive tackle on the show to kick things off. And then we're going to talk about this bowl game, Tennessee-Iowa, uh, coming up right around the corner. Friday morning, I've not set a time yet. Just be watching. We'll go live Friday morning. We have not even talked. I've got to figure out when we're going to get you on. Uh, we'll i got to get my schedule uh, with uh, what's going on down there in Orlando. And as soon as I get that schedule, I'll let you know when which show I can join. But I'll, I'll join one of those shows for sure. We're going to do a New Year's Eve live stream fan call-in show on sunday night and then of course post-game show tailgate show all that good stuff on january the first boogie appreciate it as always man thanks so much enjoy it man all right that is boogie bentley the voice of the common fan talking vols network go give them a subscription on youtube and uh follow talking vols on twitter not boogie bentley right now because uh, we hope he gets that back but right now that is an imposture it is not boogie bentley all right appreciate you guys for being here and uh, we'll come back on tomorrow's show again working ahead here in the early week because uh some travel in the holiday season but i'll tell you this on tomorrow's show and i've already put it on social media right now i want you guys to engage find me on twitter dms comment section on youtube who qualifies as a vfl i think it's a really great conversation to have because my opinion is probably different from your opinion what the players say is what I respect because they went through it and they did it. But I want to know, what qualifies as the VFL? We're going to talk about this on tomorrow's show because I think it's a really great conversation. Let me know what you think. Fill up the comment section. Tweet me at underscore Kaner at Locked on Balls. Follow me on Instagram, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow as Tennessee continues to get ready for Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Appreciate you guys. This is Locked on Balls.